is Dave Pryor for projectmanagement.com. I am at the Digital PM Summit in Memphis, and right now I'm sitting with Aaron Irizarry, who just finished his presentation. Hey. And you were talking about how to build awesome teams, which was very inspiring. Oh, thank you. But that's not what we're going to talk about. Cool, because I just talked about that for like an yeah. hour. Yeah, <laughs> so well, before we get in, we're going to talk about personas and how to create them, but before we do that, can you kind of give a little bit of background for folks who aren't familiar with you? Sure. I work as a design director at Capital One and the Commercial Bank, leading a couple design teams building business-to-business software and services that Capital Great. One offers. Cool. And you're an awesome karaoke singer. I don't do too bad. <laughs> All right, so... Um, when I asked you about doing this, one of the things I wanted to ask about is personas because you come from a design background mm-hmm. and that's something that I struggle with when I'm trying to teach it to people. Mm-hmm. When I get folks in class, like I had a class last week and we're trying to come up with personas and they don't have actual access to the customer. Right. So what what do you call that initial stab at a persona when you're just making stuff up? We usually do uh, what we call like an archetype, right? Okay. It's kind of like a higher level persona like it doesn't have as much detail it just kind of captures like this is the type of person that we're building for right but it doesn't go into like really specific details about what their pain points are what they what they do in their work like you know sometimes personas are like this is a person who does you know is like a a jack of all trades and they do all this kind of work and they're really busy and so they need fast efficient software as for this is like something that's a lot higher level it's more shaped around maybe knowing just kind of like what their work environment may be or the type of things they work on, but not any real details about those things. Um, and it kind of just sets up a, like a, a, definitely a wider net and a wider guide for what we're doing, okay. but it allows us to kind of just start to understand it. Cause then if we don't have access to customers, if we can use that as a, like a starting point, right. as we actually start to get things in front of folks, using that as like, this is what we're learning from or what we're working from, okay. then we can refine it over time. Okay, so I was doing a class for the Army last week, and Mm. they didn't have access. I mean, they're building things for folks to use in the field, Mm -hmm. right? But they don't have direct access to the customers, so they can't go asking these questions. So following this idea, we might say, I'm I'm guessing, but it's a soldier, they're in the desert, and they've got to be doing whatever kind of stuff. Yep. So do you get deeply into the role? I mean, you said you don't talk about the pain points, but what about like the job function and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, and if there's any other resources that just describe what that person does, right? Like okay. if you can look things up and say, oh, this is the role of the person who does X. Okay. Almost like if you could like see their job description or whatever, sure. right? Okay. Then you would do that. And then... So is that a way, if you try to write a job description for the, mm-hmm. that, that could be That can fit? be really helpful too, right? Because okay. then, you, then you at least know the things they're tasked with doing. Okay. Right? Now, you may not know the challenges they face when trying to do those things or how long it takes them day to day to do those things, but you know that this is the area they're working in, right? Okay. And so you can you can start there. Um, another thing we've done is if we don't have access to a certain type of customer that's like, like for us at Capital One, it's a different scenario than like the Army, but like if we don't have access to a customer, we do what we call proxy interviews, which okay. is the same type of customer even though they're not ours. So we may interview people who used to work in that field or okay. or work in now, and that's something that we can like incentivize and get access to talking to that person. Okay. Um, and you know, the, again, they're not the same person, but right. they have close you know, enough. They're they have line of sight into that type of work, and they could provide information for us. Okay. So if you're, let's say, you're creating a new credit card product or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, do, do you, on the UX side, do you actually go do the interviews or do you mm-hmm. have other people do them for you, like marketing or something? No, like no, that? we do the interview. We try to do as many as we can. Like we'll definitely chat with the marketing team or like see okay. who else has existing information. Okay. And then we'll take that and pair it with the research and interviews we do so that we have a more well-rounded 
okay. thing because that helps us as well too because sometimes we'll do interviews and we'll start to see a theme coming up yeah. but if we get other information we're like wait a minute this is contradictory we need to dig into this more okay. and it will help us highlight things um, how do you keep your own bias from kind of finding its way into that or how do you weed it out when it's in there I think it's in how we train folks to do interviews and, okay. and, to, and to summarize things okay um we try not to make any assumptions, if at all possible. Just we take things for what they are, almost as if like this is what the camera recorded. Okay. If we can, um, and we try. That's why I think getting a, a, a multiple sets of inputs is helpful. Right. Because if we do read other research that's been done and, and they're seeing something else, yeah, then yeah. we're like, okay, you know, this is confirming this to us, and we'll even take our research and go to, you know, subject matter experts in the company or other things and say like, hey, we've been learning this for this new product, like. Do you have any input, or does this look right to you, or okay. are there things in here that you know we may be like making our own assumptions in, right, sure. without really knowing? Okay. So when I'm trying to show this to people in class, we're talking about um, personas for products, the theoretical products we're mm -hmm. building, and so we're kind of making that stuff up. I had been kind of coaching them into turn it into a real person, like mm -hmm. give them a name, give them an age, give them a yeah. job, all their pain points, their hobbies, and stuff mm -hmm. like that, because. I was approaching it from the perspective of there's a developer that's got to build something for some imaginary person or some yeah. person, yeah. and I'm trying to create like an empathy connection. Yeah. The more you know. Absolutely. Right. But that's all made up if I don't have the data. I mean, is that a bad thing to do? Do you think it? Well, no, because it too much. Well, what I think we're doing there because this is in a class setting, right? So you're yeah. teaching something. If there is not a real product that you're working on, yeah, then you're teaching them yeah. to. A structure for when they can like when they go out and do like a real project coming out of that yeah. then they know the things they need to collect so you've made up okay. like this is the person we're like talking millennial about. mark and he's yeah whatever yeah and he's Got all these beard and he drinks craft beer and yeah likes <laughs> vinyl and right yes totally um so then they know like oh these are the data points we learned to catch when we when we learn about this right so okay. then when they go out and actually do a project like okay we want to catch like age we want to get these different things that impact okay. it right um i'm also totally fine with um like, I really am actually a fan, too, a lot of times of, like, gender not even being a part of the persona. That was one of the things I was yeah, going to ask, because I, I had somebody call me out on that in class, and they were yeah. saying, you, you can't put gender, you can't put all this other yeah. stuff. And then when I interviewed Jeff Patton a few yeah. weeks ago, he said, if it's not going to impact the product, yeah, don't leave it, it out. Yeah, because yeah, that's the thing, too, right? It's like, what is it, like, because the more we know with things like gender, right? Yeah. We have our own biases and assumptions, whether we like it or not. Right. And so we will start to project those into the project. And so those things that we can eliminate, Yeah. you know, but like if it's for us, we put it on a role. This is a relationship manager. Okay. Right? It can be whoever, it can be anybody. But doesn't it, isn't it harder to create that? I mean, for me, one of the things is when I see stuff, I do have a bias. Like, I mm -hmm. connect with somebody, oh, I know this guy. Yeah, yeah. Alistair Coburn said one time in an interview that he, if he doesn't have market data for the persona, he will only use a person that he knows in real life. Okay. Which is, he's creating something for somebody he has a personal connection yeah. to, but all that weight of the bias is going to come along with it. It is. It is. Yeah, and I think this is a, it's an approach to how people want to do it. Like, you know, like Jeff says, I think Jeff has valid points in that, right? Like, right. don't include it if it's not going to impact the product, because otherwise it's noise. Yeah. Um, and it and extra information and noise generates extra stuff in a project that may not be there, whether it's bias or assumptions or influence that, that otherwise we can get to something quicker um, and it's a little more pure, right? Okay. 
but then again, I think like too, in a context of teaching, if you're teaching people to gather certain types of data points, yeah. then it's okay to make something up, and so they learn those types of data points and what to be looking for in them. Okay, and I think that's fair, and they, and you can caveat that by saying like, hey, and sometimes you know it's. Like this is to show the type of data you want to be collecting while creating personas, but you may also say like, but you know, there's a lot of times where if it's not impacting the product, don't include it, right? Okay. You can add that in as like a thing because you don't want to miss the lesson and teach someone um, the importance of collecting data on who they're designing for or building for. And if we get caught up in our side of the things who yeah. have been in the practice for a while and we have these different debates about what to do and what not to do, we can let that get in the way of, of their learning, right? Okay. And so I'm, I always will, I will throw a caveat, like, this is what I think about it, but for this, for the purpose of this exercise, right. here's why we want to do it this way. Okay. So you, you go archetype, and then what's the next step? Usually after that, it's persona. I mean, I, <coughs> I try not to put too many things in there. Okay. Because really, we want to just get to going and doing stuff. Sure. And so, um, you know, archetypes, oftentimes, I would even look at it as like an umbrella. So like, say there's a, we have a relationship manager archetype. Okay. That's a role for an employee at Capital One yep. who manages uh, a business's loans and banking and those kinds of things, right? And then under that could be different types. There could okay. be underwriters, there could be different things. So the, the, it's kind of like an umbrella. The archetype is an umbrella that catches high level info. And then under that, you can have probably more than a few different, like very specific persona Job types. Functions. Yeah. Okay. And what about like things like empathy maps? Do you yeah. do that too? Yeah, we do empathy maps, we do journey maps. I think we... we Who do you do them with? Is it is it you and the team or is it yeah, well, we'll, the customer too? Yeah, we'll do it with the customer, we'll do it with like our product partners, we'll do it with business. Like So if we're designing something for a customer, we'll even bring the relationship manager in because they know the customer okay. so well, right? Yeah. They're like a subject matter expert. So we bring them in and do the exercise with them. Okay. Which also builds really great relationships with them because... In our work, we're often building for the customer, but we actually build a lot of internal tools at Capital One okay. for our teams. And so like, if I invite them to be a part of that creation for the customer, when it comes time then for me to build for them, yeah. I've built that relationship with them and they see the approach to the work we have and then we can have a, a really good foundation to start from moving forward. And you can go back and show them the stuff mm -hmm. and get their feedback yeah. on it. Okay. Totally. So these guys that I was with last week, they're building stuff for people they don't have access to, but they had all served so they can create the archetype out mm -hmm. of their own experiences, even yeah. though it's 20 years ago or yeah. whatever. Okay. And then eventually, like, you know, they're building it for those guys. So they're going to have to use it sometime. Yeah. Right? And so then they can start to collect feedback and validate. Okay. Cool. This is awesome. So if people want to get in touch with you and learn more about this or hear about the awesome presentation you just did, what's the best way to reach I you? I think the easiest way for me is Twitter, just because okay. my Twitter handle is literally Aaron I, A-A-R-O-N-I. And I'm, I'm, on, I'm pretty active on Twitter. And so it's a great way to connect. Always, if someone wants to shoot me a direct message and chat, I'm always looking for that and, and open to do that. So that's probably best. Cool. Dude, thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Appreciate it, man.